I had to ask myself, is this worth the turmoil it's causing in my marriage? Is this really worth it? Like, Mm -hmm. does this actually matter? And I find myself still asking that question all the time. Like, does this actually matter? And most of the time it doesn't. I know you are doing the best that you can right now. Your relationships matter to you. You are important. And yet over time, we get stuck. We get lost or we stop showing up as our true self. We get hung up on the stories we tell ourselves, the comparisons, or feeling like we are not good enough. I'm Not Your Shrink is a podcast aimed at helping you feel connected to yourself, to others, and to live a life that is in line with what matters most to you. I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife and mother to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Let's dive in. Hello, and thank you for joining me here on the podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome, and thank you for clicking play. I know your time is valuable, and I love having the opportunity to sit with people who are doing amazing things and allowing them to tell their stories and also bringing that to you. We are made up of stories, of our stories from our past and how we make sense of what's happening today and how we understand what happens inside of us, what happens externally and outside of us, and also what happens between us, between you and the other important people in your life. This conversation about being a stepmom offers so many lessons that we can all learn from in our relationships. What really stands out for me from this conversation is the theme of acceptance and listening inwards rather than focusing outwards, which can be so hard to do. Jamie talks about lessons that we can all learn from, including being able to set our own boundaries, supporting our partners, and making conscious choices. Let me tell you about today's guest. Jamie Scrimger is a mom of one and a stepmom of three with kids ranging in age from six to 18. She creates digital content about all things parenting, step-parenting, entrepreneurship, and living a kick-ass life. Jamie's material is raw, real, and relatable while always leaving her followers inspired. As a life coach with a specialization in step family dynamics, she is also the creator of the highly acclaimed digital membership platform for stepmoms, the exclusive stepmom community. And I also showed up as a guest appearance there and she just has so much to offer inside of her community. She is also the host of a top charting podcast, the kick-ass stepmom podcast. And you know, she just shows up with so much candidness and humor and truly her personal and professional experience helps her to support women in living their best life. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to hear from you. Head over to iTunes and let me know what you think of today's episode. You can click the stars or leave a review or head over to Instagram, dr.tracyd, and let me know if there is something you would like to hear on the podcast. One of the things that I always struggle with podcasting is that I don't get the comments or the feedback from you in the same way that I do on my Instagram community. So don't be shy, head over to Instagram and say hello and let me know that you have listened to today's episode. Jamie, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast. I am just thrilled to be sitting with you again. I want to mention that I sat with you a few weeks ago for the stepmom community and we had Mm -hmm. a fantastic conversation around boundaries and relationships. It was a hit. It was a huge hit. That was a very important boundaries. Boundaries are just key, right? In all areas of life right now. Absolutely, in all areas. So let, let's get started. I'm really excited to have this conversation. And I, and I know so many people listening are really going to just learn so much from you and connect with you as well. So let's start with the question I like to start with, which is tell us three things about you. Yeah. You know, when I saw the question, I was like, okay, three things. It's always awkward, right? To talk about yourself always. at the beginning. Always. Yeah. So I am a mom of one, so I have a daughter. She is six, Reese, and I'm a stepmom to three teenagers. So we have 18, 17, and 14. We just had a bunch of birthdays, so I'm trying to keep track of it all. 
I am a stepmom blogger and a podcast host and a life coach, um, specializing in step family dynamics. So I have all of the things that I have going on, but I guess my big secret is I really love talking about like entrepreneurship and business and that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens down the road because that's become a little bit of a passion of mine um, on the side. So yes, three things probably more, but yeah. And your community is such a, an important one. I have heard from so many people who are part yeah. of it or have followed you. You're, you're making an impact, which is important. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I just found, you know, when I first became a stepmom, you know, my husband and I have been married now, um, eight years, almost eight years. We've been together, together nine years. Actually yesterday was our nine year anniversary of our first date. We're really, we love to celebrate the little things. Um, (laughs) but, uh, I just found people weren't talking about step parenting the way that they were talking about motherhood. And it was just this, I felt like there was a huge gap in the conversations that were being had and there was really no support out there for stepmoms. So, uh, yeah, I decided to create my own and create the conversations I was looking for. And that's kind of how it all started. So tell us a bit about what your journey has been like to becoming a blended family. Oh yeah. Well, that's just a, that'll be a book someday. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. You know, it was the best thing I've ever done for sure, but it's 100% the hardest thing that I've ever done. And most days, especially at the beginning, I wouldn't have said it was the best thing I've ever done. Like it is very, very hard. And I think that a lot of people, you can't understand how hard being a stepmom is until you are a stepmom. It's one of those things like you just don't get. And, you know, I, I think that what makes it so challenging and what made it so challenging for me and you know, for other people is that it's like I said, moms are encouraged to keep it real and be vulnerable and open about their struggles and how they're feeling. But, but stepmoms don't get that same, you, I guess, right in society. And you're almost judged when you, well, you are judged when you start to talk about how hard it is because you get the whole, well, you knew he had kids and you knew he had an ex and you knew all these things so what did you expect? And I have an example that I, I like to use to show how that's actually not fair and how it's so different for moms. You know, when moms have a newborn baby and the baby's up crying all night or they're really struggling or the baby's colicky and what are all the struggles that we experience when we become a mom, because you think you know what it's going to be like, but you don't know what it's going to feel like. And that's mm-hmm. what makes it different, right? And no one says to the new mom, well, you know what you're signing up for when you decided to get pregnant, right? No one says that. They offer tips and strategies and, and support and help and them a break and all those things, but stepmoms don't get that. And so I think that's, that's probably what makes it so difficult is that you don't have that same level of support and acceptance that, that moms have. So I feel like that's what was super challenging for me because I felt like I I needed to pretend like everything was perfect and like I wasn't struggling and there was nothing wrong because if I I didn't, I'd be judged. Right. And so I think that's, that was my journey is really finding my voice and finding myself amongst those struggles. And yeah, I guess I think that sums it up really. I think that's such an important piece that you're talking about there is that in some way it's this dismissiveness of your experience, right? That mm-hmm. just because you knew what you're getting into doesn't mean you were are also allowed to struggle with it. I mean, how right. often do we do that in life? We, in all things that we do, it's hard and mm-hmm. nobody needs that dismissiveness of like, well, you knew what you're getting yourself into. How can you ever truly know until you are actually in the experience of what it's going to be like? Yeah, 100%. And I feel like stepmoms are kind of villainized too, right? You know, you have a you have a stepdad who comes in and starts to take on all of these parental responsibilities or they start to, you know, show up for the kids and support their partner and they're the hero. Mm. Right? So everyone then but a stepmom does the same thing and it's like you're overstepping or oh, you went to get your nails done with your stepdaughter. Well, what does her mom think about that? And there there's just this the stigma right away and you're almost set up. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. I always say that. I always say, you know, as a stepmom, if you are all in and you're, you know, showing up for the kids and and taking the kids on as if they're your own and all of that, 
then, well, are you overstepping? But then if you don't feel that way and you don't do those things, it's like, oh, well, you know, you're not taking your role seriously. And are these poor kids or you knew we had kids. So you're kind of screwed either way, right? People are always going to have something to say. Right. You're like put into a rock and hard place to be mm-hmm. involved is like, are you controlling? Are you overstepping? Or this like, I'm going to take a step back approach and you're not enough in some way. And I really like that you highlight that as a, as a stepdad, that um, view is so different and it, it mm-hmm. makes it so much harder for you to enter into the family. Yeah. And it's hard to find your place in that because you don't know what to do, right? And and that's why I always say, you know, becoming a stepmom has been hands down the most character building thing that I've ever done because I've had to learn to do what feels right for me. And I became the expert on my own life and I had to set my own boundaries and do all of that. And that's a process and that's hard. But if you're willing to do the work as a stepmom and really dive into that kind of stuff, it really, it it's changed me in such, so many different ways. And ways that are unrelated to my family, just me as a person. Uh-huh. I'm just trying to contextualize this. So you, you've been with your partner for nine years. So then your, your little ones would have been nine and under. Yeah. So Which in a family yeah. is a lot, right? To your children are growing and adjusting and they're trying to figure out what the world is like. Yeah. And I didn't have any experience with kids either. I was, I didn't babysit. I, uh, uh, yeah, I had very little experience with kids. So it was huge for me coming in. I had no idea what was normal and what wasn't. Like, I didn't know that it was normal to have to tell your kids over and over and over again to do the same thing because they're kids, right? I didn't think the morning should be hectic. I thought, like, why aren't they listening? Things like that. So for me, it was a huge culture shock because I didn't know what parenting was like because you're coming in in the middle of the story. You're parachuting in. You, you don't yeah. have the warm up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And and then you you also don't have that same that same bond, right? That 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 bond has to grow. That has to happen. And for some, it doesn't. And for some stepmoms, it doesn't happen. And they feel so guilty because they don't have those feelings. But you know, you you can't force love, right? And so love takes time, and that connection takes time. So when you first come in. <laughs> There's like freaking granola bar wrappers everywhere and there's shoes everywhere and you're not used to kids. It's just, it's, it was, it was a lot, but it was awesome. Right. Like the kids, the kids have always been amazing. I've definitely locked out in that department. What kind of struggles showed up in your relationship as you were, cause you're kind of going from zero to hundred, right? So there oh, were yeah. times where it would just be you and your partner and then there would be the transitions and then being a full-time parent hundred, right? You didn't get the warm up or the adjustment of, okay, mm-hmm. there's crackers all over when whatever it is. But what, what was that like in terms of your relationship? Do you remember? Well, I actually have a podcast episode all about what the first year of our relationship was really like. And I always say when you're in a step family, there's no honeymoon phase. Mm. There, you know, you really just, we left our wedding and went to my in-laws to pick up my stepkids because it was father's day. Like there was no, you know, kind of break in between, but you know, what was hard for us is we had different ideas about what parenting should look like and rules and expectations and, you know, things that he thought was important. I didn't think were important and vice versa. So it was really hard for us to kind of find our, find our footing in that respect. Um, And we still don't agree. We still don't agree. You know, all these years later, we have different styles of parenting, but I think trying to find uh, keep us in between all of that. Cause it was really stressful, right? It was stressful for me, but it was also stressful for my husband because he was trying to make sure the kids felt okay and they felt welcome and they felt happy and they felt loved and they were getting all the tension and he had the dad guilt and then also try to keep me appeased um, and try to maybe shelter me from some of the extra stress that was going on with the ex. And then, you know, also having to manage that. So I think we were all just under so much stress all the time. So we had to learn how to have conversations about step family stress. Like that's something that we really, really needed to work on. And it took us a while. Like we had a lot of arguments and our marriage wasn't great at the very beginning because we had so much stuff to deal with. But what I love about it is that we got those, that tough stuff over with at the very beginning. Like we really kind of came up with some strategies and how we handle life together. 
and yeah, we just dove right in. Right. And so it just keeps getting better and better because we, we did a lot of that hard work at the very beginning. Support for today's episode comes from Loop Earplugs. For so long after having children, I kept wondering why I was easily overwhelmed and felt like an angry mom. The noise from the kids, the dog barking, and the sounds around me from everyday life. But I now understand that I'm not an angry mom and instead my nervous system gets overwhelmed and overstimulated, which is why I've been turning more and more to my loop earplugs to help me stay more regulated and engaged with the family. I'm using Loop Engage to help dampen the sound around me. And these Loop earplugs allow me to still be with every beat and conversation. I still hear Greg. I can still hear the kids. I love that they are so comfortable and they come with eight silicone ear tips to ensure the right fit for you. The best part for me is that I take them everywhere with me. They are proving the test of time and not to mention they're stylish in my ears. Plus, we love the kids versions, which we've been able to take to the movies for our kids. I'm so excited that Loop Earplugs is offering you, my community, a discount so that you too can tackle that overstimulation while still being engaged with the activities and people you love. Visit loopearplugs.com and use my code loop times Dr. Tracy for 10% off your order. That's L-O-O-P-X-D-R-T-R-A-C-Y for 10% off your order. Support for today's episode comes from Cozy Earth. You know I am all about caring for ourselves, especially in these busy years with our young kids. We are pulled in so many directions, but I think it's so important for us to find ways to nurture ourselves that require no additional time from us. I should probably let you in on one of my favorite things to do to look after me, and that is to get a good night's sleep on amazing sheets. I am beyond thrilled to bring you Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products with an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for my listeners. We've got a code. It's shrink, S-H-R-I-N-K, for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. Now, I didn't believe it until I tried them, but I firmly stand by my sleep improving with the temperature regulating technology, which adapts to your body's needs. For the past year, I have not slept on any other brand of sheets. Cozy Earth uses the very best fabrics, materials, and wares, offering superior softness for you to sink into at the end of those long days. I look forward to getting into bed, and we've been loving the sheets for over a year and their sleepwear is so unbelievably soft and it's made with such great quality. But the best part is that if you're worried about commitment, enjoy a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty on all of your purchases. Head over to CozyEarth.com and use promo code SHRINK for an exclusive 35% off and give the luxury she deserves with Cozy Earth. Support for today's episode comes from ZocDoc. We all know there are things in life we have to compromise on, like the right way to load a dishwasher or whether those socks are going to stay on the floor for a week. Okay, in all seriousness, but when it comes to your mental health, there is no compromise. So we don't need to go back to that one therapist or one physician who didn't align with what we need just because they're available right now. We don't need to compromise on the care we need for our overall wellness. Instead, this is where ZocDoc comes in. This is a place where you can find and book hundreds of types of doctors, including therapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists. And you can find someone who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your well-being. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of patient-reviewed in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. Go to ZocDoc.com I-N-Y-S and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. If I needed this app, this is one that I would be going to. That's zocdoccom slash I-N-Y-S and get the care that you need today. Thinking of that conflict stuff that shows up, I know so many people can relate to that of just getting stuck in terms of parenting styles, in terms of how you navigate the home, um, household space. How do, how do you guys do that? What's kind of the top thing that you guys do to help you mm-hmm. in those differences? Well, my big thing is I can't care more about it than either of their parents do. 
So if I think something, you know, I used to be, oh, I used to be such a stickler around bedtime. And it's funny because with my own daughter now, I'm like, not right. I'm just fly by the seat of my pants. But the beginning, um, I used to work for children's aid. So I have a background in psychology and did social service work, was a child protection worker. So um, prior to being child protection worker, I was, I had a role at CAS that was, I would go into the homes. It was almost like super nanny. Remember that show when they would go in and help you implement Uh structure and routine and all that kind of stuff? Well, I looked like I was 17 at the time, right? So I can't actually imagine what it would feel like for these moms (laughs) having me with no kids knocking at the door, right? But, you know, I was parenting with them out of the book. And you can't fully just parent from the book, right? There has to be some flexibility. But for my husband, that's what I thought was right. And so I just thought I was really, really strict on, on things. So I had to learn, um, I had to ask myself, you know, is this worth the turmoil it's causing in my marriage? Like, is this really worth it? Like, mm-hmm. does this actually matter? And I find myself still asking that question all the time. Like, does this actually matter? And uh, most of the time it doesn't, right? So, you know, you get really caught up in like the dishes or the chores or all the little things. It's like, is this worth the vibe of my household right now? Is this worth the turmoil? Um, am I caring more about this than their parents are? Because if I'm caring more about something, like, you know, it used to be a big deal to me, pop, right? But their parents didn't care about pop. Well, then I can't be the one, only one to care about pop or I'm just going to look like the evil stepmom, right? Yeah. So that's something that I had to really, really, um, you know, dial in on and ask myself and just really be, you know, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, sometimes I care about things. And in the moment I'm like, or after the moment I'm like, eh, was that that big of a deal? But that's really, really helped us. It's almost like this level of consciousness, eh? That in a sense, you have to really tune into like, okay, what is this about? Like, is this really, is this really about what matters? Is this something about myself here that's showing up? Mm -hmm. What's the big picture here for me and my partner and for the values of our family, right? Like really being able to take that step back to look at that. That can be really hard to do. Yeah. And it's also like, am I just being a control freak? Yeah. Right. And I think that a lot of stepmoms, I think that a lot of stepmoms struggle with the lack of control. Actually, I know a lot of stepmoms because you, you don't have any control over your life. Like you have kids in your home that maybe aren't parented the way that you would want to parent them. Your life is dictated by a custody schedule and a, you know, co-parenting situation that you had no part in creating. Uh So there's a lot of things that are just totally outside of your control. And it's, it's hard. So even a little thing that you disagree with can be a huge trigger. And it's like what you said is like, is this actually about the dishes or is this actually about bedtime? Or is this about me feeling like I have no control over my life? Right. Yeah. That loss of control that shows up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the other thing I see show up for, for women too, are, are some of those traits that are part of our personality, not that it's an anxiety disorder, but just there are anxious traits of personality, things like needing control. Like we, most people value control or mm-hmm. having high expectations of ourselves. And sometimes when we hold ourselves to those high expectations, we also then start to hold everybody else to those high expectations or perfectionism. And I saw on your Instagram, this was so beautiful. I had to write it down. You had said, the sooner you let go of trying to be the perfect stepmom, the better stepmom you will be. Mm-hmm. It's so true. Totally. Right. And I spent the first three years or even four years trying to be the perfect stepmom. Cause every, I felt like everyone thought we were going to fail or everyone was judging me or I had something to prove. Mm. And you know, people are going to think what they're going to think, or they're going to say what they're going to say. And, uh, it doesn't matter, right. It really doesn't matter. And then the other pieces is people probably aren't thinking about you as much as you think they're thinking about you. It's really about your own insecurities, right. And the people in these situations that are thinking about you, it's not about you. It's about what you represent, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and (laughs) this is interesting. And I was trying to explain this to my husband a while ago, but you know, there's, Sometimes when a stepmom comes in and, you know, a new marriage or new relationship, friends of the before, like friends of the couple previously, the females aren't very welcoming. And I I found this, there was situations where some females were like so welcoming and they were so great and so kind. And it was just like the best experience ever. Then I had some women who were really brutal Mm -hmm. and they'd say things like, 
oh, well, you don't understand because you're not a real mom or, um, you know, just kind of belittle me based on like not being the real mom or, or just like snide remarks. Right. And when I can look at it from my perspective now, it's like, that was so much more about them and their insecurities than it was about me. And, you know, stereotype, like I'm this, it's, it's basically with my situation too, my husband is 13 years older than me. So he gets divorced, moves on with a girl, 13 years younger than him. Like it, it brings up a lot of the insecurities that women in society have. Right. So, so there was that piece too, that I really had to be conscious of. And, you know, there were people who, you know, would say things about our age difference or, or call me a pop tart or call me those things. And that wasn't about me. That was again, about what I represented. And in a lot of those situations, maybe it was what they feared for their own marriage or their own situation. And, you know, it, it can get deeper and deeper and deeper, but, you know, it's been it's such a growth experience, just understanding people and like why they act the way they act. And it's a, it's a very interesting dynamic when it comes to step family life. It's really interesting to hear that. And just in the sense that we, we know that, that oftentimes what people say when they're critical um, or they provide comparisons, it's coming from their own insecurities. It's those inner projections that are coming out. And, and really our job is then to like create this. I always use the analogy of like a bubble. Like, you know, if I, I know a friend is like going to, to into a tough situation or, you know, a stepmom's having to deal with um, their partner's ex, like a, we use the analogy, like a boundary, like where's your property line? Or like for you, can you wrap you and your partner up in a bubble? And all of that stuff just like bounces off of it. It doesn't mm-hmm. come in side of you. And it, it takes a lot of work at the beginning, but then it starts to not matter. And you're right. All of that is often about their own insecurities Um, and just lacking the kindness and compassion and understanding that we really need for all people in all situations. Yeah. And then even to bring it to the next level. So the way that I would interpret the way they treated me based on their insecurities reflected my own insecurities. I was going to ask that. So did you experience self-doubt? Did like, did you question the things you were doing and like your sense of worth that you're offering to the family? Oh yeah. And you know, I, I actually just did a big, huge podcast on my story and how, you know, growing up, I was always, I was always the one to make the decisions that people didn't necessarily agree with. Like, you know, I, I left a corporate job. I, um, you know, hooking up with Darren, right. And a man 13 years older than me recently divorced. It was just, I was always kind of doing things like, Oh, Jamie's screwing up again, or these kind of things. Like this, these are the messages oh. that I received as a child. Right. It was like, Oh, Jamie, here you go again. Or, you know, you oh, like somehow you need outside the normal range, right? Like you're yeah. not following suit of what you should be doing. Right. (laughs) And then I'd make the mistake. And then, you know, so that kind of stuff, right. I was always kind of the kid who got in trouble with my parents, that kind of stuff. And it was so interesting how much all of those messages and secure insecurities came out when I became a stepmom, because it was like, I wanted to prove to everyone that I wasn't making a mistake and that I, this was what I want and this was what's right for me. So in doing that and trying to kind of mask those insecurities, I was just trying to be perfect and trying to show up. And I know a lot of stepmoms do that. They try to be the perfect stepmom. And then it, that's what I mean. It comes back and it backfires on you. It's because you're trying to prove yourself to everyone else. But again, when you, when you, as a stepmom realize there's no hard and fast rules, what works for one family may not work for another and focus on you and the vibe of your household and what works for you and your bubble, then everything really, really falls into place, but it takes a while to get that confidence. It, it doesn't happen right away. Cause you, cause you feel like an outsider, right? You, you just, you're in this family that was created before you were a thought. And you know, this wasn't in anyone's five-year plan, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't expect to be divorced. The, the kids didn't expect to have two different homes. Like you didn't expect to be marrying someone with kids. Like there's, everyone's just kind of in this new territory. So it takes time to develop that confidence. So, you know, it's like people are judging, you have stuff to prove, you represent things that trigger other people. Like it can be a big mess. Yeah, absolutely. You're talking almost around something about your own self-growth and like, I'm curious what you do to look after yourself or maybe what, maybe you didn't do enough of if you look back on when you're trying to be perfect. Like 
is there something you would have added in before or something you do today that makes sure that you are okay in your own self-care? Yeah, I think I would have looked at my role differently. So I, and you know, maybe you, you never know, right? Hindsight's twenty twenty, or or maybe it's based on the different, you know, stages that the kids are in. But right now, you know, at the very beginning, I looked at my role as I was a parent in this household and I was, I was, you know, a parent to these kids and all of that. And now I look at my role really differently. I'm like, my my job is to support my husband in parenting his kids. Hmm. Right. So I'm their stepmom. I'm not their mom. And I never, ever felt that I, I always was definitely just their stepmom, but I was always a parent in this house. And, and I really wanted my husband and I to be equal parents in this house. And we are, but he is their parent and I am their step parent and that's okay. Right. So as soon as I stopped trying to be that equal and said, I'm supporting him. So at the end of the day, he's going to make the final decision. Again, this is what works for uh-huh. our family right now. There's probably a stepmom listening to this right now with their blood boiling because that is not how they view their role. And that's totally fine because that's what works for them. Right. But looking back, I went all in and I remember, and I, I talk about this conversation often. There's a, I was so overwhelmed. I was resentful. I was, had given so much and I had stopped doing all the things that I, I used to do for me. And my, I said to my husband, I said, I don't do anything that I, you know, want to do anymore or that I used to do. I used to do yoga. I used to go see my friends. I used to go to bookstores and I don't do any of that. And he looked at me and said, no one asked you to stop, which is so true. Right. And I think as women, that's what we do. We go all in and we want to take care of everyone and we want to be nurturing. And, and then we're left with nothing left to give. And we feel like we've lost ourselves, but we've made choices to do that. And I think that's motherhood or stepmotherhood. We don't, that, that's just being a woman. That's just what we do. And we need to stop doing that because we have nothing left to give afterwards and they're going to be fine. Right. And the control freak in me wanted to take care of everything to sh- again, show I was a good stepmom or I don't know what was motivating it behind the scenes, but you know, I wish I wouldn't have done that. I think now I'm very much like, no, I'm me. I know what my boundaries are. I know what my limits are. And that would be what I would do differently. I have chills, Jamie. Because, <laughs> I mean, this is, this is the conversation that I have with so many women. I mean, I did a whole masterclass called Conquer Resentment because resentment is so high in our relationships. It's so high right now with the pandemic. But what you're saying is this common theme that I see from women, and that is about self-sacrificing, that we just give up everything about ourselves, And then one day we say, I don't know where I went. And I like, I don't, my partner doesn't do anything. And I'm so so resentful. And, and nobody asked you to do that. We made those choices. And sometimes they're not conscious choices. We just kind of fall into these roles. Sometimes the roles of what, you know, we saw our parents do, or we see society telling us, and then we just start to lose ourselves. And sometimes when partners show up in my office, they're, they're in heterosexual relationships, their male partner will say, I don't know who my wife is anymore. I don't know who my partner is mm-hmm. because it wasn't just an overnight thing. It was a moment by moment of giving up ourselves. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, I've gotten really good at, you know, at the end of the day, if the laundry's not done or if I'm tapped, just saying it's fine. It's fine. I'll do it tomorrow. Right. Like I'm done for the day. I have nothing left to give. I, you know, a huge, huge boundary for me is I go to bed early. I really, in my perfect world, like when there are no children in this house, I, I might be in bed at seven 30. Right. Like I just really love to get horizontal very early. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like to read my book. I like to have a nice hot drink. Like I love doing that. And I used to feel bad. I used to feel like I couldn't go to bed before the kids or, um, you know, I had to make sure everything was done and everything was perfect. And I'm like, screw it. I'm going to bed because then I get to wake up early and I'm not tired. And I love waking up early. That's what I do for me. I'm a morning person, like 5 a.m. to 7.30 is my time. And those are my boundaries now. Like it, the rest, the rest can wait. If I don't have my work done or if I don't have whatever I need to get done, done, the world will keep turning. Mm-hmm. And I know that if I don't take care of myself or I don't have those boundaries, I'm going to be a miserable person to be around the next day. 
And that affects the whole vibe of my house, which is not something I'm willing to sacrifice. Yeah. That's so important day. This is like your self boundary. This is the piece Mm -hmm. that you don't sacrifice. Uh, Are there other boundaries that are in place that you have that help you as a couple, as a family? What, What do you guys do? Um, you know, I'd say when it comes to the kids and the different opinions on how we handle things, my husband does have the final say around the kids, the older kids. Um, but he takes my opinion, right? We have conversations about it. So, you know, at the end of the day, he will make that call and I'm okay with that now. And I fought that for a long time because I felt like, well, he's not respecting me. He's not respecting my opinion or I'm a parent in this house too. And it's, you know, he, no, they're his kids and he can parent them however he wants. If he wants to do that with our child, then that's a different story. Um, no, I'm, I'm equal uh, in, in that situation, but in this situation, I'm not right. So I'm, I'm here to support him. So I tell him how I feel. I tell him, you know, I want you to consider these things. So that really helps, but that's, I don't know if that's his boundary, but it's just something we've kind of created together and I've let go of. And, and that really helps. And I think, you know, there's a lot of times, sometimes boundaries are about letting go too. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now he, the other pieces is I used to be really active in dealing um, with the kid's mom and that's what worked for us for a really long time. And it, it, if you would have told me three years ago that I would not communicate anymore, that, I would have said, that's crazy. That's just not what works for us. But as time's gone on, I've realized that that was something that drained me and that triggered me and just kind of depleted me and left me feeling just uneasy about how things were going to go and almost disappointed about what that relationship was for us. So I don't do that anymore, mm. even though I, it's so, it's so much easier for me just to send a quick message. Um, just, I I feel like sometimes as women, we just kind of get things done and we just deal with it right away. And it's just kind of how I I know it is, how it is for me and um, our relationship. But I've just like, that's a boundary I have now. And it's been hard to stick to it. But the longer I have, it feels so good because Mm -hmm. I'm free of that, uh, just that negative and uncertain energy. Mm -hmm. And that's not saying anything bad about her or me or like any of that. It's just, it was just something that I wasn't willing to take on anymore. Uh-huh. It, it was causing me too much stress. It was affecting how I was showing up. Yeah. So that's a, a new boundary that I have and it feels really good. It, I'm actually really proud of myself for yeah, sticking to it. <laughs> I, I can tell it, 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 in a way it's like, it's not, it, it's not about the other person. It's more about how it feels for me and what's inside of me and how I'm choosing to spend my energy, who I'm giving it to, who I'm not. Um, and that letting go piece is so important there that you're not trying to mm-hmm. I'll go back to that control, like control how everything shapes up. But, you know, you're also talking about something interesting here too, which is trust, that you have trust that your partner is, is acting on the best intentions of everybody, that you and Darren are connected and close Mm -hmm. and trusting of each other and that you don't feel he's going to blindside you in any kind of way. Right. You know, 100%. However, I will say there are times when he does make decisions where I'm like, what? Really? Mm. And I have trust that everything will work itself out. That's a new thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's just, I just have faith. It'll all be okay. Everything will work itself out. Natural consequences are always um, the most powerful and, and things will be fine, right? Mm-hmm. And the other thing yeah, with, with that is that because I don't feel like I need to be involved in everything anymore, the things that I decide that I'm going to be involved in, I'm taken more seriously right? It's like, no, this is really important to me. This is why I feel this way. This is why this is important. And because I'm not coming at him about all the little things that don't actually matter when it really does matter, he's hearing me versus being like, okay, it's, it's, it's Jamie coming up. Jamie has an opinion again. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's like, I'm choosing where my voice is here. And then mm-hmm. it's a bit more seriously, like the weight behind it. Eh? I, I keep hearing this, like, it's like, what sounds so dramatic, but like, what hill am I going to die on? Is it about mm-hmm. the wrappers and the shoes? Or is it something that is much more important for us to function as a, a couple and in our yeah. life? Yeah, 100%. 
Tell me about transition days. I know that this can be a really big thing for blended families and for stepmoms. Yeah. Transition days, I think they're a little more difficult when the kids are younger because especially if you have different rules and expectations and vibes and all of that kind of stuff at the two different houses. But I actually just posted something on my Instagram that I think is really important to remember is that children are people and not timeshares. And I think a lot of times when it comes to transition days, you know, parents will get in, okay, this is my time with the kids. This is how they're going to act. These are the rules and expectations at our house. Like, you know, this is how it's going to be. And I think, you know, you need to remember, I don't know about you, but when I'm living out of a suitcase and I'm, you know, going from place to place, I don't feel settled. I don't feel secure. I don't feel calm. And they're feeling that all the time, Mm -hmm. right? They're always, even if they have stuff at both houses, they're always still living out of a bag a little bit. It's even on week on week off, right? So we've always been very, we'll try our best to be more lenient on the first couple days in terms of like the rules and expectations, right? Like give them a little grace. And I find that really, really helpful, especially, you know, stepmoms when they're struggling with those transition days, like give them a little grace and have a little reminder, right? And and say, you know, okay, don't forget guys, this is how things are here. This is what's happening. Just let's do a little regroup. Um, So we were always a little more lenient on, you know, the first couple days And then we'd finally get ourselves into a groove. But one thing that, you know, there's obviously the do the groceries, coordinate your schedules, like, you know, try to get prepared for the week, just like any family, right? It it, it is better if you've planned. But what I find super helpful is to think about anything that might trip you up this week. Because when you're a stepmom, you know what's going to bug you. You know what your issues are. You know what your issues with your partner are. You know what the issues with your stepkids are going to be. Like for the most part, they're pretty predictable and they're pretty repetitive. So I'm big on saying, okay, how did I react on this last time? Did that work? How did that make me feel? Okay, if it didn't work, what am I going to do this time when that happens? So you're prepared. And I always say, you know, you're, you're, you can feel more in control of uncontrollable situations. So you can't control what they're going to do. But what, are, again, your boundaries are, how are you going to react when that happens? Or, you know, what are you going to do to protect your own energy when that happens? Or what are you going to say when your stepson or stepdaughter says something that they've always said to you, or I don't have to listen to you because you're not my mom. Like, how, what are you going to say to that? Uh-huh. Right. What's your response? And, you know, the other thing is, how are you going to talk to your partner about it? And I, I used to make a huge mistake. I used to always want to talk right in the morning before he's going to, I think we talked about this in our um, interview in the exclusive demo community, but, you know, I talked to my husband first thing in the morning because I'm thinking about the day and thinking about all the things that could go wrong. And he's in work mode and he's already like thinking about all the things that could trip him up at work. And then I want to talk about granola bar wrappers, right? Doesn't work. It's, it's, it doesn't make for a very happy marriage or when he walks in the door. I wanted to be like barking at him about like things that are happening. Again, it's time and place to, to have those conversations, but having those conversations before the kids come are, it's huge. And just being prepared for what could happen instead of being surprised when like, if something happens over and over and over again, and you're responding the same way and feeling the same way, some point you need to take some responsibility for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And going inwards, eh? Like what, you know, we can't control what other people do. We get to make a choice for ourselves. And Mm -hmm. one of my favorite expressions is the between a stimulus and a a stimulus and a response, there's a space to choose. And you get to choose in that moment before you respond. And if you continue to choose and, you know, in that kind of critical or yelling way or meeting your partner with granola wrappers in the morning and it's not working, at some point we have to ask ourselves, what can we do differently? And that's all that we can control. We can't control what other people do. Yeah. You know, and something that just popped my head about dealing with, even when you're dealing with your stepchildren, especially if you're not the primary parent, you're that other parent, you know, typically your his dad deals with everything. It's not what you say, it's how you say it too. Oh. So, you know, thinking about, like, I remember there was a situation where the kids, they'd come in and they would just like drop their stuff all by the stairs. So just like dumping stuff. And, you know, I could say, 
you guys need to be doing this. Like, well, you can't just leave that there for me. Like, this isn't fair to me. Da, 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 right. And like, kind of go off about it and get them in trouble. Cause you know, you've asked them a thousand times to not dump their stuff by the stairs, but if that's what they do is already there, right. Frustration triggers that quick response. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what they're going to do? Okay. Um, instead I'd, I'd be like, Hey, what's that? What are you putting that there for? Like, as like almost joking, like kind of sarcastic. Oh, that's my backpack. So who's going to pick that up then? looking at me, right? Is that fair for me for you to put that there again? Like, you know, give them a little bit of empathy too, like to pick mm-hmm. it up or do you think maybe you can just like put it away from me? Cause that would be a lot easier mm-hmm. than me calling you and asking you to bring it back upstairs. And then I get angry and like, let's not do that again. Like, how about we just do it this way? And then they kind of laugh, right? Like you can kind of make fun about it. And I think that's a really good strategy for a lot of stepmoms to, to implement is just like put a little humor into it, a little bit of empathy and say like, Hey guys, can you help me out here? Like there's a lot of stuff happening on my plate here. I'm I'm just trying. Typically kids will respond better than if you're, you know, just kind of harping on them. It makes me think of the bigger picture, even in our relationships. Like, you know, I've had couples tell me they fight over the shoes in the front or the bags in the front. And if you show up with all of that anger and criticism towards your partner, they're not receptive to hearing it. But if we can have empathy, if we can be playful, if we focus on being friends, showing appreciation for things, being a team, like those are all key things that we need in in our romantic relationship, but really any relationship, mm-hmm. right? And what you had already said is that acknowledging that our kids are not timeshares or just things that are being shipped back and forth, but they're people here too, and they need to be seen as part yeah. of the family. Oh, for sure, right? And here's the thing too. I, I, I like to bring it back. Like my husband bringing the shoes, he never unpacks his bag when he we go away on a weekend. He never does. And right in front of me right now is his big gray duffel bag full of work documents that I have asked him not to put there because I can't open the door and it drives me nuts. I even got him a new bag that looks better and he can like it smaller. He still doesn't unpack his bag and he still puts it there. He's not doing that because he wants to annoy me. He's not like, screw Jamie. I don't respect her. I'm going to put my bag here, even though I know it pisses her off. Or I'm not going to unpack that bag. Like, you know, I I don't respect my wife, so I'm not going to. No, they just don't prioritize that. They're not even thinking about it, right? Like, They don't prioritize that. It's not that they don't prioritize you. Yeah, it's just the way they go. It's habits or it's yeah priorities or just like they're they're just not thinking. That's you choose what's a priority to you. Like if it's important to me to clean up the shoes, then who am I to tell everyone else that that's how shoes go? Right? Mm-hmm. Like why do I tell them this is the way it is? It should be put back ideally. However, right? Like you know why do I have to push my priorities on someone else? So, you know, that even goes back to the parenting piece and step parenting. Like, just because I think that kids shouldn't have pop doesn't mean that that's the right way for them, right? Like maybe having, having one pop at a birthday party isn't like, I'm just using that as an example, but who, everyone has different parenting values too, right? So even with my, my partner, when he does things that are different than me, like, is it going to shape the type of kids they become? No, they'll probably like, again, natural consequences typically have a way and he can parent his kids however he wants. Like I get to do things how I want. He's his own person. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm thinking about this, the the new stepmom who can't quite get there yet and is still struggling with all of this. What, what would you say to her? I would just hug her. (laughs) I just hug her. No, I would just say, Oh, I'd say so much. Actually, I, that's my post on my Instagram today saying like all the things I would tell a new stepmom, but I'd say, again, it's not about you. It's about what you represent. You need to don't lose yourself in all of this mm. and know that it's hard. Like it's really hard and it's probably going to be hard. And I, like, I never want to sugarcoat that. Like having your life controlled by a legal agreement, you had no part in creating that's really hard. Not being able to just schedule a vacation whenever you want because you have to get a notarized something to go across the border and another parent. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard. And I, I never want to minimize that. 
but you have a choice. You can bask in the negativity and you can go on to those stepmom Facebook groups that are complaining and venting and ex-wife bashing and all of that. Or you can really dive in and do the work yourself and, you know, think about your boundaries, think about your relationship, prioritize how you communicate, be empathetic. Remember, like put yourself in your stepkid's shoes, put yourself in the ex-wife's shoes, like all those things, like humanize everyone here. Like uh-huh. you don't have to agree with someone to look at things from their perspective. Like even if the ex-wife is like out of control, very, very like toxic, there's some really high conflict situations there. You can still humanize that. And I, I would do that, do that work uh-huh. um, because you, you really do have a choice. Like you can bask in that negativity or this can be the best thing that ever happened to you but still the hardest, like, and it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. Absolutely. It's going to be hard. It's where, where we put our attention, that's where our energy goes. And so if we put our attention on bashing the ex or wanting to control what the ex does or wanting to control, that's where our energy ends up going rather than focusing towards where we want to be and what we want Mm -hmm. to happen and making those choices that are so much more aligned with us. I, yeah. I wonder, Jamie, what was it like for you then when you and Darren then had your own child? What was that transition like for you guys as a couple and as a family? Well, you know, and Mary T. Kelly, she's been on my podcast and in the community of, uh, several times. She's a family therapist or couples therapist, and she works mm-hmm. primarily with um, step families. And she says, you know, being becoming a parent is pretty humbling. And, you know, I came in, I had no experience with kids. I had no experience with parenting and I was pretty like, you know, by the book judgmental, like this is how things should go. And, and I realized, you know, moms are, parents are just doing the best we can. And it it really, I, I had a lot more grace, I think once I became a mom. And I also, I also feel like I just had more empathy towards um, my stepchildren's mom, right? And thinking about what it would feel like to have someone else looking after your child and someone being with your child all the time. And I, I used to say to my husband, while you guys knew this would happen when you split, like you knew you're going to have your kids half the time. Like, what did you, ex- what did you expect? Right. Uh-huh. Well, again, that's like me, me, someone saying to me, well, you were, you knew you were marrying a man with kids. What did you expect? Like, you don't know what that's going to feel like. And I can't imagine not being with my kids all the time or my daughter all the time. Uh-huh. I can't imagine it. And so I started to kind of think about what it would feel like from the other perspective and yeah, I, it, having Reese was the best thing that ever happened to our family because we've been really lucky. The kids love her, right? She's so lucky because she has these like teenage s- siblings who, you know, just adore her. So, you know, my stepson just got a truck. He's got his license. He saved up, got a truck. And um, she went with him to pick it up. Uh, with my husband and so his first ride he's got his like six-year-old sister in the back in a booster seat right like (laughs) it's just so fun right so um yeah she's definitely the thing that brings us all together like she's what we have all have in common she definitely made us feel like more of a family Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sounds like such a huge growing point for all of you Mm -hmm. just you personally but then also just everybody as a family yeah what would be, you know, thinking of your experience and growing, what what would be your top three things that you would want someone to know about this journey? That you can, the first thing is, is that you, you can spend a lot of time worrying about what other people are doing or how they're reacting, but you really just have to focus on yourself. And you get that when you, everyone has to get to the point where they can fully understand that. And I know there's a time where I would be like, no, but this is what's happening. Or you don't, you don't understand. So there's that um, for sure. Like you really, it really is all about you and how you respond to things and setting those boundaries yourself, even in the most high conflict situations. And I'll tell you, our, the stressors we have in our situation right now are the same or if not more stressful than they ever have been. And I've never felt more calm and had more faith and peace in like how things will turn out. Like I'm, I I just have that confidence and that's because I've done the work on myself. Like nothing else has changed. So if you do that, you know, that, that is the key focus on your partner. 
that, that is, you know, really focusing on that relationship and asking yourself, is it worth the turmoil it's causing in my marriage? Like, is this like the end of the day, your, your partner is the reason why you're a stem in the first place. So if your relationship isn't worth it, I can, if you guys aren't good, I assure you, none of the extra stress will be worth it. Like it, none of it is worth it. If you and your partner aren't, aren't good. And the other, I, the other piece I'd say is you just take your cues from the kids. My role with my stepkids has evolved so many times. It's ebbs and flows. Sometimes I don't have anything to do with parenting. There's been times when I've been the primary parent when they're younger and my husband's working a lot and that worked for us at that time. And there's times when thing, me taking a total backseat has worked. And so don't get so stuck up on how things should be. Take your cues from the kids and the vibe of your household because you know, you can take a step up and you can take a step back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what's hard about being a stepmom, but that's also kind of what's nice. Cause you can be like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to pull the stepmom card in this one. Like I'm going to, I'm going to take a back seat. I don't think this is working. Right. So I think those would be my three things, but yeah, it's, it's a lot, but it's amazing. Like it really is. Um, it's really this journey of personal development and personal growth and confidence that I don't, again, I don't think I would be who I am today and feel who I am today, feel the way I, I feel today with, without all of these experiences. Like they, they really were, I think what I needed in life. And life has a way of doing that, right? Teaching oh. you the lessons you need to oh, learn. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and the, the, the choice really is, am I going to be open to learning this or am I going to keep, uh, creating friction or bumping up against this. And I'm not letting myself learn what this is. Like life mm-hmm. absolutely has a way of doing that. Like the whole perfectionism and control, right? That if, if we're not seeing that and willing to shift, then we're going to keep bumping up against that. And one of the common things that I hear from a, a lot of stepmoms is that um, they say things like, well, they're trying rather to please and get approval from the stepkids. And that, that's also another weight on top of them of Mm -hmm. what are they trying to manage? What are they trying to control? And ultimately, like you're saying, focusing on yourself, focusing on your partner, and then also taking the cues from from your kids, how important that is. And one thing on that is when you're looking for that approval from your stepkids, let's think about this for a second. When we, first of all, being a stepmom is a bit of a thankless job um, because you sometimes don't have that same emotional connection, but you have a lot of the, those responsibilities and you, you sometimes feel like people don't appreciate you. I know so many stepmoms feel like they're not appreciated, but I always ask stepmoms to play the long game, right? Think about this. Cause your kid, your stepkids are going to look back on their childhood and they're going to look at it from an adult perspective. So they're going to look back and say, Whoa, like, man, that must have been really hard for my stepmom. Like, you know, she did all of that for us. Why did she do all that for us? And, or, you know, what was going on with that? Right. Like how many, how many things have you as an adult now looked back on your childhood and been like, Oh, well, I didn't see it that way as a kid, or I didn't see how much work my parents put into Christmas. Right. Like even those little things or the family trips, I don't think you're fully appreciative until you become an adult and look back. Right. So I think a lot of stepmoms get so caught up in feeling unappreciated because they don't have that same maternal bond that, you know, quote unquote, real mom has or bio mom or whatever terms we want to use. And they're extra triggered by not getting those huge thank yous Uh when most parents aren't really getting those huge thank yous. Uh, And it's, again, you try not to take, try not to take it personally and just, and play the long game there because kids just are kids right? And they're just going through life. And, you know, you can't, you can't force a certain relationship that may not be there. And you you have to just accept what it is. Yeah. Yeah, That acceptance piece is so important in there. Mm -hmm. Jamie, thank you so much for sitting with me today. I have just, I'm so grateful for our time. Last time sitting with you in your community, you being here in my community, I so appreciate it. Can you tell us where we can find you and what you have on the go? Yeah. So you can find me at jamiescrimger.com and I'm at jamiescrimger on Facebook and Instagram. And I do have a membership space for stepmoms. It's the exclusive stepmom community. So the enrollment is closed right now, but you can hop on the wait list and you're the first to know when it opens. But basically kind of like what I've been talking about, there's a lot of things that stepmoms want to say that they feel like they can't say. 
And so there's a private forum in there. We have next level conversations. My husband and I do tell all podcast episodes and <laughs> lots of just content that we don't share anywhere else and, and coaching and support in, in the forum as well. So that's what I've got going on. And I am launching my course that I run annually or sometimes a couple times a year, Kick-Ass Stepmom, Kick-Ass Life in May. So uh, you can hop on my email list to get a notified when that comes out. But yeah, it's, it's all about personal development and owning your own life. And, you know, I'm, I want to show stepmoms that it is possible to thrive and feel happy and live a kick-ass life amongst all this extra stress, even when it's really freaking stressful. Like even when it, 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 that seems totally impossible, it's not. And how important it is to have a community behind you, right? You should not be doing any of this stuff on your own. It's nice to be Mm -hmm. supported. Yeah. It's nice to know that you aren't alone, right? The crazy thoughts that you think are crazy aren't actually crazy. People just aren't talking about them. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're not alone in this. Thank you for being here. I'll put all the links in the show notes and again. Yeah. Thank you so much. The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not substitute for the care from a licensed mental health care provider. Until next time, have a great week and remember you are right where you need to be. What's up, guys? I'm Gabrielle Stone, host of FML Talk. After being love-bombed, married, and cheated on, trust me, I've got some perspective on love, heartbreak, trauma, and healing. FML Talk has become weekly therapy for my listeners, where I give you a safe space to heal with, of course, a few F-bombs thrown in. Fun girl talk episodes, solo episodes that will guide you on your healing journey, and guests with stories that will leave your jaw on the floor. Grab a cocktail and come hang with me every Wednesday on FML Talk.